Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh everyone Welcome to the Ilmfi podcast My name is Shabir Hassan And I've been waiting to say these words for a long long time Because uh, we've been away for a while And uh, I'm super excited, alhamdulillah, to be back New year, new studio New everything really, inshallah And hopefully uh, we've got more and more exciting guests for you In today's episode, uh, we are joined by uh, Someone who's an imam, a scholar, a teacher, an entrepreneur uh, Sheikh Qazi Ashkur Rahman um, and uh, it was a really exciting episode. We discussed things from entrepreneurship in Islam to uh, halal income, uh, what to avoid, what to look out for, uh, experiences as an imam, and so much more. So, yeah, enjoy this episode, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh Ashik. How are you? Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, I'm fine. How are you? Alhamdulillah, very, very well. And uh, we, we are um, going to get straight into it, but actually, I just want to remind you that. And, and remind the viewers that we have had you on the podcast before. And you know what? I was checking when it was. Did, did you have any idea when, when you last like one? Four years, five, four, five yeah. years ago? Bang on, pretty much. Yeah. I, I think it was beginning of 2019. Yeah. Um, and obviously we're halfway past um, 2023 now. So more than four years. Wow. So time's wow. flying. And I think it's overdue yeah. to have you back on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we're going to get straight into it with a quick fire. And after the quick fire, I'll ask you, I'll ask, we'll get into the discussions. Okay. So first question is uh, Egypt or London? Egypt. Egypt. How could you say that? You know, you're, you're, you're here now, you're part of the community. Well, it depends, here. right? Egypt is in terms of um, the, the culture, the uh, availability of scholars and teachers and educational facilities. Uh, I've gotten used to it, subhanAllah. So I, both I suppose, but recently I think Egypt, because you, when, you, when you're not in Egypt, you kind of miss yeah, it and yeah. you go back. Maybe if I was in Egypt for a long time, I'd say London. Yeah, yeah. Now it's Egypt. Okay. Um, next question is uh, Sheikh Sudais or Sheikh Shuraim? Sudais. Really? Yes. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Sudeis. I don't know why. Okay. His last is nice. Beautiful tone, mashallah. Okay, mashallah. Uh, yeah, I, I would say, I would say, yeah, I think when I'm, when I'm there and hearing it live, Sheikh Sudais is different. It hits he's, different. Yeah. It he's, does. He's, that's a childhood memory for every single yeah, yeah. anyone that's memorized Quran, learned Quran, Sheikh Sudais' voice. It's okay. amazing. I wasn't going to ask about the Apple Android, but apparently you've got an interesting answer. Well, I've got both. You got well, both. Yeah, I've never heard both. anyone say that. Got both. You've combined between the two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just to avoid the differences. But I actually had a Samsung uh, since since years. Just recently, a few months ago, I got yeah. Apple as well because it's got features that are, you know, helpful for social media and etc. Okay. Uh, and final one is. Um, it's more of a question, to be honest with you. Uh, which one is more fluent, your your Bangla or your Arabic? Which I would say Arabic is probably. I mean, if you compare it to Shuddo, then yeah. definitely Arabic. If it's Silati, then Silati, of course. It's more fluent, yeah? I think they're probably the same. But Silati more because I speak it all the time. Okay. But Arabic, alhamdulillah, is, is on a good level. Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. And a bonus question based on that. Can you think of, uh, on the spot, a few words that are shared in both Bangla and Arabic? Oh, okay. Bangla and Arabic. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've got something. You probably thought about this, right? Um, there's, there's, there's loads. If you think, I mean, yeah, there's loads. When you think, really, when you really think deep about it, when you have mm. some time, of course, there's, there's mm. a lot. Mm. Shall I tell you the most interesting one that right. I've come across, uh, which I never, it never clicked. You know, yeah. when it clicks, it's like wow. Yeah. Um. So you know the word alada. We say alada. Alahida. Alahida. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, alada means like separate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, in, in Arabic, same thing, ala hida, literally by yeah, itself. Yeah. Uh, any any others that come to your mind? There, there are there are some common ones, but I, I can't I can't. I feel like I've spoken about it before, but I just, yeah. I just can't. It's not coming to my mind right now. Okay, it's proper random. It's too much question. on the spot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> random it was it was literally as I was yeah, coming, I was that's, that's a question wow. to ask. But there are, there's, there's, there's so many. Like, if I think of it afterwards, I'll tell you. Inshallah. Okay. All right. Inshallah. Okay. So let's get let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, lots to discuss, and my first question to you is actually a very serious question. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a loaded question, so I hope you're ready for it. And the question is, Sheikh, um, what do you do for a living? <laughs> um, you know, as you should do a lot in your life for a living. And I think we spoke about this in, in the last time I attended as well. And we spoke about a sort of um, income, sustenance, um, balancing imam, job, and etc. Because even back then, I was actually, alhamdulillah, bifadlillah, serving as a lead imam and khatib in one of the major mosques in, in London. Alhamdulillah, Darul Majal Masjid in Shadow East London, which is the headquarters of Dawatul Islam UKNI, which is an organization which has been around for decades and has done huge works. 
so uh, that is there, being an imam, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you may have interests, you may have passions which go beyond just being an imam. Maybe uh, you want to do some sort of a trade business uh, and so on. So what I do for a living is that I'm, I'm an imam and I do business. Yes. yes, a bit of business is alhamdulillah And it's important, it's required Because uh, especially with the cost of living Extremely high now mm. um, I think uh, Muslims should have The entrepreneur, entrepreneurial side Which is from the sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad SAW, awesome. Himself and his sahaba And you know, this is this is a really important part uh, of, uh, of being, you know, financially independent Financially stable uh, which then allows for you to do other things that you're supposed to do, like focus on your studies mm. and your ibadah and your family and uh, education and teaching and khidmah and so on. Yeah. So you know, I was asking that question, right? Because uh, yeah, we're, 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 we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna refer to it because Ilmfid shared it as well. Ilmfid shared it. The video for those yeah. of you who aren't aware. So there's yeah. a video where you were, uh, mashallah, driving a car. Uh, uh, a decent car It's a nice and, car And uh, yeah. mashallah, mashallah Right And uh, then you know It was your brother that asked you What do you do for yes, a living yes, And you yes. mentioned I'm an imam <clears throat> Same answer basically I'm an imam yeah. I do some business And you recited a verse from Quran yeah. And um, you know As as is so many things on social media Right Short clips Short statements yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be taken very quickly Out of context yeah. um, And you know The reason why I want to address it Because this is a podcast is a long form yes, conversation yes. So why not discuss it sure. It kind of ties in with What we're going to discuss today anyway So why do you think That was taken out of context then? Well I think um, It wasn't taken out of context uh, For say 95% Like most people mm. Around the world They received it you know exactly how it should have been received, yeah. which is you know, with positivity uh, to show that this is Islamic. This is in the sense that you know Islam has hasn't got a problem with this. You can indeed be an Imam, practicing Muslim. I'm not saying you know I'm an, you know in that sense, but I'm, you know we're trying to be practicing Muslims, yep. serve the community mm-hmm. while also uh, have the luxuries of the dunya if Allah allows for you to do so, but not be immersed in it. Because I think there is a the whole tarif of zuhud. What is asceticism? What it means. What does it mean to have zuhud? Does mm. it mean to completely be poor and shredded and wore torn clothes all the time? What does it mean that you can actually own positions, but you're not necessarily emotionally uh, attached to it in that sense, that you, you can let it go if you need to. So that balance is extremely important. And so I think most people around the world, like I've, I, there was big celebrities from around the world, like I'm talking about actors, people with very huge, huge followings. Uh, they posted it saying stuff like, this is it. Mm. This is good. This is nice. You know, this is how it should be from Egypt, from Pakistan, from Morocco. And, you know, subhanAllah, I, recently I was in, in Egypt. I was in my sheikh's house. Uh, that taught me, like, uh, I, I learned Qur'an from him. Yeah. And he knew me from a long time ago. And his son, when I first met him, he was four years old. He was a baby. He used to, like, come and, you know, mm. pull his dad's beard while, he's, while I'm trying to read to him and stuff like that. He comes out and he says, oh, I saw you in a video, you're in a Porsche <laughs> and you're reciting Quran. I was like, subhanAllah, you reached up to there. And I was like, you're trying to expose me in front of my teacher. And like, he probably knows already. But it literally reached the, so many different countries. And most people took it uh, positively. But some people saw negativity and they were basically, I hope they were being genuine. Maybe some people were being genuine. Maybe others were just intentionally trying, just trying to troll, mm. you know, people like trolling on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, they're like, oh, how you're supposed to be practicing and there are people struggling financially around the world and, you know, you're exhibiting a excess amount of wealth or a, there was one, one particular word that was used like, um, I can't remember, there's like an excessive amount of wealth, you're display, displaying it, what is the point, what are you trying to do and etc. and so on. Um, but then I clarified even though that was against the expertise of advisors that you shouldn't actually engage mm. uh, with comments like that because they're often yeah. trolling you and you just give them more exposure and et cetera. But that's something that you obviously learn with experience and et cetera. But I, I did say that this is the, the intention behind this clip wasn't at all to say, for example, rub into people's faces, it's just rub into people's faces or to make them feel bad or to, to flaunt your wealth. I, or yeah, things like that. yeah, none of that. <clears throat> it was literally what I explained, which was to show that and and there is a there is a deeper narrative to this you know i mean i don't know how much time we got but like as an imam as a person who loves my deen mm. like i love 
my religion. I love Allah. I love His Rasul. I love our religion so much. And I want to present it and promote it in the best way possible. Mm. And, you know, Alhamdulillah, I, I do have some experience in marketing and, 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 you know, making things look appealing and, 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 and presentable. So I want to make my Islam look presentable. PR, positive PR and managing PR is from the Sunnah. And it's, you can get examples after examples. So because I love my deen so much and I want these young men, women, old, whoever you are, yeah. I want you to see Islam in a positive light. Mm -hmm. In a world that Islam is <clears throat> repetitively being painted in a, in a negative um, you know, uh, version or negative way. So in that, with that perspective, when I, when I recorded that clip or when I had my brother record, help me record that clip, which is, it's actually, the car is his, he paid for it, mm. but I helped him to acquire and et cetera. So it's, you know, in our tradition, in our Bangladeshi tradition, you know, like, you know, if someone owns something in the family, it's like, I'm a shock lord, like it's all, <laughs> all of us. Yeah. We have like a, you know, like we feel like it's a part of the family's belonging and so on. So nonetheless, the idea was that I want to encourage people to say, look, our Islam is beautiful. There is no contradiction between Deen and dunya. Mm. You can indeed have dunya and deen, as we say, in Arafa, in Tawaf. You're allowed to, you should ask for, for Allah to give you hasana in dunya as well as hasana in the akhirah. Mm. And the, you know, uh, to ask for goodness and afu and afia in this dunya is. In other hadith and du'as, Allahumma inni as'aluk al-afu wal-afiyatu wal-mu'afat al-daimata fi al-dini wal-dunya wal-akhira. Allah says, قُلْ مَنْ حَرَّمَ زِينَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي أَخْرَجِ الْعِبَادِ وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ مِنَ الْرِزْقِ قُلْ هِيَ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا خَالِصَةً يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ كَذَلِكَ نُفُصُّلُ الْآيَاتِ لِقَوْمٍ يَعْلَمُونَ Why, how can you make haram that which Allah has made halal? You know, and this passion for, before coming to the passion, just from that perspective of trying to show to people that, that it is possible for you to have deen and dunya, I thought this clip is a good idea and it was received as such. And wallah, I've seen the impact of it. I, young people around the country, I've been to many different cities, different parts, and they actually see like, wow, man, you know what? Mm. This, this, I want to be like that. Mm. I want to be a practicing Muslim who also mm. has, you know, whatever, the material success, if you like. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're fulfilling your zakat and your sadaqat and your heart is in the right place, and if you maintain that correct, version of zuhud, which is to be, to, to own the position and the position not to own you, then la ba'asabi, inshallah, it's okay. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if you want me to carry on, but you know, th this is this is the yeah, idea. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, yeah, I think you, you've, you, you've touched on the right points. Um, and it, it was, I guess it was interesting to see the reaction. And, and I think you clarified an important point, which is that the majority did receive it in a positive way. 100%. But such is social media that you're always going to get, uh, yeah, as they yeah, call yeah. it, a vocal minority um, that, you know, sometimes it's difficult to, I could to probably that count up. them. Like the people that mm. were negative, I, I can remember seeing their tweets and et cetera. There's probably about five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah. But this, this video on my Instagram page got 5.4 million. Mm. On my TikTok got about 2 million. On Elm uh, Feed, I don't know how many you guys got, but there are people, po they posted it in Arab countries, UAE and yeah, Qatar. Yeah, got and reposted over and over. So yeah. millions, millions and millions of views across the platforms. From that, you just had a few negative Mm. commentators <clears throat> and that's expected so let's let's come down to it because it seems like there are there, there is still kind of like an attitude especially with imams right uh in particular imams but we can go a bit more broader than that and just say someone who's kind of visibly practicing muslim right that there's somehow a contradiction now you've touched on it already a contradiction when it comes to acquiring wealth being successful you know driving a nice car and all of these things um Whereas, you know, anyone else, like a random person who posted a TikTok, let's just say driving a nice car, you just scroll past it. Exactly. Right, you would yeah. bat an eyelid. But then, oh, an imam who's driving a nice car, hold on a second, that, that's a bit. See, that, that, should, that goes to show that why are you thinking like that? Whoever's mm. thinking like that, what's, why do you think that's a problem? Because it, you have been engineered by the posts and the media that you've been consuming that owning a good asset like that or owning a nice thing like that should only be the right of a drug dealer or someone who's doing a, a particular type of uh, trade, which may not mm. even be Muslim, when it be Islamic and etc. So why do you think like that? They might ask me the question, why are you driving a nice car? I say, why are you thinking like that? What's the problem? Yeah. The Sahaba had amazing horses. They had khuyul. They had Sayyidina Sulaiman which Allah has mentioned about in so many places in the Quran. 
you know, he used to love horses. You know, فَطَفِقَ مَسْحًا بِالسُّوقِ وَالْأَعْنَاقِ And uh, Ayat carry on in Surah 7. And the Prophet used to, used to have the, the camel khaswa. Mm. Yeah, very, you know, that's his baraka. Baraka mm-hmm. of the Prophet was very strong, very fast. Yeah. And the Sahaba used to take pride in how fast it was. And once it was defeated and it was saddened, oh, why did the Prophet's horse get defeated or beaten, you know, in that race? It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's not a problem. So it, it's a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding. And it's a, it's, it, a lot of the times it's assuming the worst and having a negative opinion. These guys are practicing Muslim. So, oh, guess what? He must have nicked the donation box and got himself a 210,000 pound car. Mm. Donation boxes are not that big in the first place. <laughs> he wasn't even like that. And that's why yeah. I added into it that I do Imam and, and I do business. Yeah. So don't assume that just an Imam is going to be able to, just doing the Imam job will allow for that. Maybe it will. Maybe in some mm. countries, some places, you know, it could be. But generally speaking, no. Okay. And on that, because you mentioned imams, right? Do you think it's important generally? You know, of course, it's not everyone. Business is not everyone's cup of tea. That's that's yeah, one thing yeah. I've realized. There's a lot of people that I've met personally, even some of my family members that are like, as much as it, it, it sounds appealing, I just never would be able to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, there's some people to just cut out to, to just work and be employed and just, and they enjoy that. They prefer that. And there's others who are made, they have that, as they call it, the business acumen, right? Yeah. They're made for it. They're creative and so on. Um, now, not all imams are going to want to go into business, but do you feel it is important? Because as an imam, uh, in particular, when you're an imam, you know, at, at a masjid and you're serving a community and you're full time there, um, uh, you know, th- it, it may be that, you know, like you said, we don't know what everyone's situation is, but it may, it may be that um, the salary and things doesn't cover. No, right? no, it's, it's not enough. In most cases. In most cases. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Which which is a separate topic in and of itself, I guess, uh, which we can talk about. But but on this point here, do you think it's important for imams to yeah. look into other avenues of, of, of I income? Think, I think for Muslims to be financially capable, financially mm. independent, if possible, is required. It's even more so imams and those who are required and have a position and a responsibility to address. Why do you think that is uh, in particular because for imams? if you are not financially independent, then you you wouldn't have... Uh, the time, uh, the, uh, the the time and the ability, or even the equipment sometimes, the access to books, which is expensive, mm. many other things, the ability to travel, to meet scholars, all of this kind of stuff has monetary aspects related to it. That's yeah. one. Having that financial support will enable you to upskill yourself. Having financial uh, independence or a financial ability will help you to serve the deen with a more of a sincere approach than just for a salary. You should be mm. sincere in all cases. But if someone's, for example, and I have, I have friends, mashallah, alhamdulillah, one particular friend I think of, you know, he doesn't need to be an imam, but he does it because he volunteers. Initially, mm. it was a job, but then yeah. he got into business. <clears throat> mashallah, he's, he's really, really, mashallah, shot off and he's done, uh, you know, as in it's, it's, it's boosted, it's kicked mm. off in an amazing way. And now he does imam just to volunteer. Mm. So you can actually do stuff like that. You can actually serve the deen for free. Yeah, yeah. If you have a financial arrangement through trans- through business, through trade and etc. Of course, it has to be halal, it has to be yeah, deen. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it reminds me of um, one of our teachers, a sheikh who you, you would know very well as well, but I'm not going to mention his name because mm. he mentioned this to us in private. Um, but he said that he, uh, one of the reasons why he wants to make money Right. And, and to become financially independent, he says, because I want to teach for free. Yeah. And uh, subhanAllah, I found that to be such a, it's such a like simple, yeah, uh, powerful niya to have, right? Because it's like, you know what, right now I'm relying on the salary that I'm earning for, for and, teaching, but I want to get to a stage where I can yeah. just teach for free and everything else is taken care of. Fadillah, like I have, uh, you know, another aspect of what, what I like and what I do is I teach Quran mm. and I issue ijazat in Sanad. For students that read to me the entire Quran from cover to cover. And alhamdulillah, some of the top young Qurra of our community have read to me and I've helped them to develop mm. their skills, their career, and you know, uh, to exp- uh, to bring them to exposure as well. And like, you know, I'm not saying this uh, because they're not here, but I, I I charge them very nominal fees just for com- for commitment. Yeah. But for a similar kind of certification, there are people charging hundreds upon hundreds of pounds. Mm. Um I, I don't I, alhamdulillah, because I can. I do. And mm. a lot of the times they may be giving me a small fee. Sometimes they may not. Sometimes they may forget. 
And I was like, "Khalas, no problem." Yeah. And then it would be me paying for the printing of the sanad and the mm. ijaza and you know food and etc. I'm happy about that. Alhamdulillah, I can do that because you're not particularly relying on exactly, that one. Yeah, exactly. So, so this is this is uh, being able to teach for free or for a nominal mm. price, which you know for some because people wanna if they pay a little bit of money. Limited. So you that's that. that's the old, <laughs> yeah. that's mainly the reason why I would require for someone to pay a small yeah. nominal fee, so that you're committed. Another thing is to speak the truth. Mm. You know, if if you if you're just concerned about, am I going to have this job? Uh, if and your your job is your source of income only, then sometimes it will hinder you from speaking freely about that which is true, true and, and to address that which is wrong. Like in every place, there may be flaws and errors. Mm. But if you're thinking, oh, if I speak against this. My job may be at risk, but that, that shouldn't be the case in the first place. But that would be an, an additional factor, yeah. If, if that's your only <clears> source of income, mm. but mashallah, if you have a bit of financial independence, you can say, you know, with all due respect, this is wrong, mm. and you can address issues. Yeah. Uh, while you should also be willing to take feedback, you can also give feedback, mm. um, and you can have that, uh, that, that freedom, uh, you know, that positive freedom to say, uh, to, to address that which is. And, and that's oppression, uh, whether it be nationally or internationally, politically, and so on. Whether it's in a community, in a masjid set, as arrangement, whatever. Yeah. But it, it gives you that that level of independence to to speak confidently and freely about that which you should be speaking about mm-hmm. as a person who represents Allah's Deen in the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, I, I I was speaking to someone a little while back, and they were saying how. Uh, they, their perception of an imam <coughs> is someone who, uh, their perception of an imam is someone who is in the masjid like twenty four seven, like all mm-hmm. day and night. And I said to them, Subhanallah, like you know, imams have families and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they have other uh, commitments, other ambitions, and so on, right? So it's impossible. But unfortunately, sometimes it, it may be seen, uh, and it may be some that imams feel like that because again, because they're relying on that one thing. Um, they feel like they 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 have to, you know. Th- there's no other way. But like you said, if you kind of venture out and you look at other areas, then it can help you in different aspects of life, which I think is um, which I think is really important. Um, so so let's come back. So moving away from imams just for a second, and coming to just generally speaking, right? What what should a Muslim's relationship be with money and wealth? Because you might come across okay. verses in the Quran which tell you that. Yeah. You know, amwal is fitna, right? So, yeah. what, what's our relationship with money? Yeah, um, I think we spoke briefly about that just a few minutes ago. But just before we move on from this topic, mm. I want to uh, mention uh, that I have utmost respect for imams who work on a low salary and mm. dedicate their entire life and are in the masjid twenty four seven. There are imams that work day and night, and it may not be, you know, uh, what we're promoting in terms of in terms of having mm. a, a balanced but th- these imams sometimes you know they are willing to sacrifice the pleasures of this dunya only for the akhirah and they have a different level that we can't so true we can't contemplate mm. and if you look at those who established the madaris and the masajid in this country or across the world even they were people that were willing to live on as you would say peanuts but again with utmost respect you know those are the true legends 100%, those are the yeah. true legends and I have immense respect for them. So our discussion about trying to balance entrepreneurship and imam is, is a general discussion. Yeah. Uh, those who are able to, mashallah, focus on, 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 on just being an imam. And that's all they do for the sake of Allah. You are ala <laughs> folk. We have yeah, yeah. immense respect for Amazing. you and you are above us. And, and mm. may Allah bless you and give you steadfastness. And, yeah, and I mean, you, I mean, that's uh, very and true. Accept you. I mean, but coming back to the yeah. topic about having a relationship with money. I mean, at the end of the day, look, I think, and this is a known fact, that one of the amazing things about Islamic finance model, Islamic finance, it, it is its balance between mm. the greed of, say for example, capitalism and et cetera, where anything goes as long as you can make a profit. Yeah. And, um, you know, in, in the systems of, for example, communistic systems where everything belongs to the state, you don't have a right to possess something of your personal uh, something, something that's personal. And in one of the modules that we're covering in Al-Sar actually, uh, you spoke about these differences and why Islam is the perfect balance. Because while it gives you the right to own possessions and acquire wealth without any limitations, but with conditions, at the same time, there is also uh, the demand that you must spend back on the community. So it's the perfect balance. 
mm. uh, between uh, the two extremes, if you like. So Islam says, and, and Islamic teachers teach us that you are allowed, you are encouraged to, you are encouraged to go out there and make money. Mm. Allah says in the Quran, فَإِذَا قُضِيَتِ الصَّلَاةُ فَانْتَشِرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَابْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ When the salah of Jum'ah is finished, فَانْتَشِرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ Scatter out throughout the world وَابْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ And seek from the fadl, generosity, sustenance of Allah. Mm. Allah is literally commanding it here. And then it says, وَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا and continue to remember Allah throughout your day, throughout your life, throughout your transaction, throughout everything. So that you may attain success through dhikr, but also the beginning part of the ayah, mm. which is to fulfill that commandment of seeking sustenance. Yeah. And seeking sustenance is commanded <clears throat> in the Quran. Uh, the Prophet Muhammad has said that the most blessed of income is the income that is acquired by the work of a person by their own hand mm. and kul mabrur. Every Transparent, clear transaction, mm. you know. Um, and then another hadith teaches that, that that the two people in a transaction are they have a choice of acceptance or reject, rejecting, so long as they are in the discussion. And when if they are both honest to one another, and they describe their product as it ought to be, and they, the other person pays the price as he, as he or she should do, then Allah will give them barakah in that income mm. for both parties for the product that they buy and for the price that they take. So this Quranic ayah, these ahadith are encouraging us towards trading, transaction, towards business. Allah says in Surah Al-Muzzamil that وَآخَرُونَ يَضْرِبُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ يَبْتَغُونَ مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ You know, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and everyone should say Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam whenever the Prophet Sallallahu name is mentioned. He, Allah is telling the Prophet Sallallahu to be conscious of in his jama'ah, those who are following him in salah, that there could be among them those who are, um, uh, it, he, he mentions certain people that are struggling the path of Allah, maybe unwell and etc. But also those who are out there trading mm. on business trips. Uh, those who are seeking the sustenance <clears throat> of Allah. So the Prophet is being told to take into consideration the fact that there are those who have needs in his jama'ah. Among them, he lists also those who are businessmen. Mm. So that goes to show that being a businessman in Islam is, is, is an elevated position. It's a respectful position. And that's exemplified by the best of people, like our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu who was a businessman himself. Mm. Like his closest of companions, like Sayyidina Abu Siddiq radiallahu anhu arda, Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu arda, Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu arda. All of them, they had aspects of entrepreneurship, you know, um, working as well, as well as struggling for the sake of Allah, uh, uh, being uh, students of knowledge, being teachers, being uh, faqih, being mufassir. Mm. They, 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 they were the culmination of all of those amazing, amazing, beautiful qualities. And then others around him as well, like for example, Sayyidina Abdurrahman ibn Awf, Khadija radiallahu anha wa ardaha. She was a businesswoman. Mm. Yeah. She funded the Prophet mm. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam da'wah uh, before the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had the support of other Sahaba. Mm -hmm. So Islam, has no problem with money whatsoever. In fact, we believe al-malu malullah, property and wealth is Allah's property and wealth. And we acquire it in the halal way. Uh, and if you acquire it in the halal way, from a halal source of income, in the halal method, then this is your haq. Mm. This is your haq. And thereafter it being your haq, Islam, Allah, has stipulated certain rights that he demands. For example, zakat and the sadaqah and etc. Sadaqatul fitr, uh, zakat, and even giving ex, you know optional sadaqah. Mm. Sometimes that could be a kifaya, a communal obligation because of an excessive need for a particular a nation or a particular place, right? Mm. So when you've done these, uh, fulfilled these conditions, which is of acquiring in a halal way, a halal method, a halal uh, you know product, uh, commodity, with halal income and then spent it also in the way that Allah Azza wa Jal wants you to spend it, mm. then you are clean, squeaky clean, alhamdulillah, this is your haqq. And as you know, from the, from the, uh, from the, uh, the, the, the main objectives of our religion is hifdhul mal. Mm. There are five primary objectives of our religion. Five, and you know, this is a, this is according to many ulama, you could, uh, one of them is protecting a person's wealth. And so protecting, and developing wealth 
is from the primary objectives of Islam. Yeah. I mean, that is a big, that's close, that, that tells us a lot about Islam's relationship mm. and Muslims' relationship with property. Yeah. Uh, and we could talk a lot more, but ultimately, you know, Alhamdulillah, this is the beauty of our religion. It's perfectly balanced. Mm. It's the perfect middle nation where Allah Azza wa Jal, you know, everything is recorded and mentioned and indicated towards in the book. Uh, and Alhamdulillah for the ni'mah of Islam, which has told us that we can indeed have a balanced life between the two extremes of just greed and greed and greed and acquiring without any rules and regulation yeah. or not having any property whatsoever. Mm. In Islam, you're allowed to own property in a halal way, but also spend it in the way that Allah Azza wa Jalla has told you to spend it. Apart mm. from that, it's yours. Enjoy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's amazing because subhanAllah, like a lot of people out there who are chasing, you know, chasing wealth, chasing money, the objective of making money is just making money. Like that is the end goal for them. Like when I get a million, I want to hit, you know, tens of millions. I want to hit a billion. That's, that's, the, that's the game. That's the goal for them. Whereas as Muslims, it's like the amount is, is good, alhamdulillah, if you, if you make it, but that's not the end goal. The end goal is, you mentioned so many other things in between acquiring it, spending, being charitable, giving back, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not the end goal. And that, that's actually why a lot of people Subhanallah, in the world that, we, that we're living in today, when they do, and th these are, you know, mainly we're talking about people who don't have a sense of religion and that purpose, that when they do reach the million, when they do reach the, the, that, that a certain amount of wealth, it doesn't, it's not fulfilling because yeah. they still feel empty because obviously uh, we know that there's more to life than just making that money. Money is a means to an end. Mm. It's not the end goal itself. You know, yeah. Money is a, is a commodity in and of itself, if you can, if I can, if I can call it that. But the whole, point of money is supposed to be in circulation, it's supposed to be uh, benefiting others, it's supposed to acquire other things. Mm. So uh, we don't, a person shouldn't be seeking money for money, a person should be seeking money because of the benefits it brings. Uh, and these benefits we've listed yeah. of being financially independent, of having more time for your family, of being able to spend upon your family, of being able to be of khidmah and service to, to Muslims and to people and to humanity and to, the, to society, to the environment. And yeah. all of this is important in our religion. And our, there was a quote, you know, uh, a man said that you can't help the poor by being one of them. Mm. <laughs> if you want to help the poor, yeah. you have to be rich. Yeah. So may Allah make everyone or may Allah make us all, you know, and grant us all that wealth through which we will become closer to Allah. Amen. And not that wealth which will take us away from Allah because that's the meaning of It is a test. Some, some may become distanced. And this is a lot of the times it happens. People forget Allah. Because of having wealth. Yes, yeah. Because they're so comfortable. So there's so much. They're so comfortable. They feel as though I don't need to make dua because what do I need? I've got yeah, everything. Yeah, I've got everything here. Yeah. And, and this is a big fitna. This, mm. the, the, we need to be wary of that. Yeah. We need to be wary of that. And that's why the person who has the wealth owns the wealth, but the wealth doesn't own them. And they are yeah. still able to remember Allah. And that's why Allah Azza has praised Sayyidina Sulaiman and his father Dawood in the Quran. Qala, he said, Rabbi awzi'ni. Oh Allah, give me the ability to be thankful for the ni'mah that you have given to me and to my father. Mm -hmm. This is a dua that, you know, entrepreneurs should be making regularly. And be thankful to Allah and fulfill Allah's rights and the rights of the community with that. Yeah. I want to come back to something you mentioning about halal uh, income. And talking a little bit about the haram side because, uh, and I'll tell you why, because in within the Muslim community in particular, um, and of course as an imam, it's important to address certain things. And there might be certain um, trends that people follow and particularly in our communities. For example, you have um, in, involvement with alcohol, especially when it comes to restaurants uh, and so on, right? Involvement with alcohol and things. Um, a lot of people don't, you know, they, they've been doing it for years. And unfortunately, sometimes it's, our elders may be getting caught up in these things, right? And um, whether it's alcohol for some, I think for the young, for, for the younger generation, it might not be alcohol, but it might be riba interest getting caught up in this, right? So um, we've spoken a little bit about halal income, but what's what's the Im importance of that, and what 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 effect does having obviously haram is haram at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. We know that we steer away from it because it's disobedience to Allah. But what further implications and effects can having haram sustenance and income have on a person in their life? It's absolutely, you know, uh, fundamental that a person 
uh, you know, there is uh, the hadith that says, Talabul al ala kulli muslim, that mm. seeking knowledge is an obligation upon every single Muslim. Yeah. And the meaning of that hadith is that the amount of knowledge that you require to be able to practice your daily life while being a Muslim, for you, that amount is fard. So if someone is not a businessman, they don't have to know all the masail of transactions and trading. Mm. But if you want to become a business person, if you want to acquire wealth, if you want to uh, do trade and etc., then you have to know the rules and regulations. Right. Otherwise, you are not being, you would not be able to <clears throat> do it according to how Allah has commanded it in the Quran and the Sunnah and etc. So therefore, one of the key things that you'd learn in any, you know, kitab of, of buyur, a chapter of, of trading and transactions in a business, is things that you should, uh, you must avoid of them is uh, that which, uh, the mal that you can trade is called malun mutaqawwam, that something that has got value mm. according to our religion. So things that, w- w- things which are not mal mutaqawwam is not an upright asset, if you like, things like alcohol, mm. things like, you know, pork meat, uh, meat that's not misled in the correct way and so on. There are other examples. You must avoid these because first of all, you've committed a major sin a significant, a major sin by engaging in that transaction and the money that you've acquired through that is haram. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> the food that you buy with it is therefore also by extension also haram. Mm. And there's a hadith of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu that says a person is extending their hand in dua to Allah, yeah. saying, Ya Rab, Ya Rab, Oh Allah, Oh Allah. And his, his, you know, his income is haram and his food is haram and this is haram. And, and How is Allah going to answer that person? Allah says, if my servant asks about me, then I'm very close. I'm willing to understand uh, to answer your du'as. I will answer your du'as. Answer me first. Mm. And answering Allah means to follow and abide by his halal and his haram. That which is forbidden to stay away from it. And it's absolutely fundamental that you educate yourself as to what is halal and haram so that you can do and avoid. I went to a restaurant recently. A brother invited me very generously and kindly just before Ramadan. Can you come to my restaurant? It's a nice place. I said, okay, khalas, I wanted my family. Mm-hmm. And once I arrived, there, I, said, I saw that he was, he had a full, you know, I had a full section for alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, you should, have, you should stop this. Yeah. He said to me, why? So, well, the, the point is that he had no idea what's wrong with it. I had mm. to explain to him why it's they not allowed for him, to, for, for him to sell alcohol. And obviously, he probably knew, but he probably forgot. So I said, this is haram. Even if you're selling it to non-Muslim, it's still haram for you to sell. Mm. Because, you know, especially khamar alcohol, it's got very strict rules. That the carrier of it, the, the seller of yeah. it, the buyer of it, the facilitator of it, the pourer of it. Everyone is sinful. Mm. And, and it's haram for everybody to be involved in any way, shape or form. So I would say that as a Muslim, if you really want barakah, blessings of Allah, if you want to be successful, um, then, you know, we first of all agree and admit and confess that Allah is the owner of all affairs. Yeah. Allah is the sustainer. Allah is the maintainer. And if an Allah to grant you and bless you, then you must seek it from him. And a, pre, a, a key requisite of seeking it from him is to abide by his rules and regulations. Mm. And in order to abide by his rules and regulations, you must know his rules and regulations. So therefore, beloved brother or sister who is willing to or wants to become a business person, wants to make money, wants to do trading, wants to do this and that, stocks, etc. Whatever you're going to do, right? Crypto, find out and educate yourself. Learn and acquire knowledge on the rules and regulations of, of this field that you want to that you want to be involved in. So that Allah will bless you and so mm. that you can avoid haram, uh, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. Uh, on the topic of um, alcohol, actually, just recently on Twitter, I saw someone, uh, is a Muslim owned company, they're sharing this, mashallah, nice bottle uh, with a cork and everything, right? It's basically this uh, Muslim version of alcohol. It's alcohol free, but they've started a business about it. I, I, I see this and I'm just like, even if it doesn't contain alcohol, what is this obsession? with trying to imitate, you know what I mean? Like you want to sit there and pop a bottle because you want to feel like, it feels like you're missing out on something. Again, this this for me is just, uh, I find it quite amusing because it's like yeah. the way, the way actually the way I see it, and this is a reality, it's not just the way I see it, this is a reality. The reality is that the majority of things out there are halal actually. Yes. By, you know, by default. By default, yeah. right? I know when it comes to food, we're more strict, but and ibadah, if you, th- yeah. Yeah, if, if you yeah. think, if you think about it, Majority of drinks, beverages, juices, etc., out there, they're halal. It's just the 
alcohol, the wines, etc. Right? Same thing with food, actually. Most meats and things, if you slaughter it in the right way, it's halal. There's only like one or two things if you think about there it. That are haram. Few, yeah. So I just I just sit there and think, Alhamdulillah, like there's so much that is halal. There's so much that's permissible for us. Why do we then need to like try and find some kind of loophole to feel like, you know, where I think this connects back to one of the points that I made earlier on. Mm. And that is that we have to be proud of being a Muslim. Yeah. Like, you know, our our, our religion is so beautiful. Mm. Our Quran is so beautiful. Our Allah is, you know, Allah is Allah, you know, Allah is the greatest. Allahu Akbar, you know, Allah is the greatest. And so we have to be proud of that. Yeah. And and there is so much in our religion, in our tradition, in our culture to be proud of. Instead of popping a bottle, learn how to pour the Moroccan tea. <laughs> you know, like in that, in that sense, I mean, yeah. no, I don't want to make a, a legal hukum or hukum shari on what it is. What, yeah. what does it, you know, what is it? What, what is the hukum and the ruling of someone copying mm-hmm. such an action and etc. But what I'm saying is, it comes from a a place of feeling, perhaps you know, a bit of uh, inferior, almost. inferior yeah, yeah. complex. Yeah, like I have to copy that in order mm. to feel like uh, to feel like I'm having fun. Oh, cheers, mm. tapping the yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah. Even even sometimes having the you know those glasses with the thin yeah, yeah, thin yeah. one leg. With the base, people find it because you know usually they use for alcohol like champagne and etc. Yeah. So it looks. So, at the end of the day, in actions are based upon intentions. If someone generally found that you know looks nice, I want to take from us labas, you know. But if it is from a place of feeling inferior, and I have to copy mm. uh, that culture in order to feel like I'm having fun and so on, then we should really, you know, look at ourselves in the mirror and say, why am I not proud of my Muslim culture? Exactly. You know, there is so much beauty in our Muslim tradition. Eating with your hands. Some people find that, you know, they they find that, uh, you know, they would frown upon it or they would mm. look. They would think this is not stylish enough. This is not modern enough. But again, this is the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There are so so many health benefits to it. Yeah. And soon you'll find probably uh, doctors also promoting eat with your hand, just like they're promoting miswak now. Mm. You know, uh, yeah. the tooth stick. It's so many health herbal toothbrush. Yeah. It's all going to come around You will see the benefits Of these <laughs> exactly. things slowly So yeah. be proud of being Who you are Be proud Of being a servant of Allah Be proud of Like proud in the sense of Alhamdulillah proud Not yeah. proud of like You know uh, Arrogant Yeah Be proud that Allah Has given you the ability To know him He made you a human being To, to be able to recognize him To be able to prostrate to him There is nothing greater than that mm. The greatest pr- pride Of a Muslim of, of, of Abd Is that Allah is their Lord And they are and we are servants of our creator. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. We're not servants of a particular idol, servants of a particular singer or a, some sort of, you know, the pop idols that you have yeah, yeah. or idol, or this other shahwa, our desires. Mm. And we're not servants of our desires, inshallah. We're servants of Allah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, we were talking about nice clothing earlier on, mashallah. Like your side note, I like your bisht, mashallah. I like your little scarves, <laughs> mashallah. It's like mashallah. That, alhamdulillah. It's, uh, obviously, this hit the headlines not long ago with... Uh, the World Cup in uh, Qatar oh, yeah, and yeah, uh, Messi wearing wearing his one, yeah. and uh, it brought actually brought a lot of uh, attention to it. I think it did, isn't it? Like and in, I'm not, I'm, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to hide it. I probably I, I think maybe my choice of this color was because of really that gift oh, that yeah, yeah. you know the, uh, Messi was given by the Amir of Qatar. Yeah, yeah. I I, I did wear bishts before. Yeah, but recently my my father and mother they went to Umrah. And I requested if they could get one, like a good quality one sure. from a shop in Medina. And this is supposedly pretty good quality. Yeah, yeah. It's about 150 pounds or something. It's quite expensive, you know. Yeah. Um, and so Alhamdulillah, I wear it sometimes. And summer especially, it's nice because it's light. True, yeah. Last time I was wearing the Azhari coat, mm. which is very nice for winter and cold season. Yeah. But for, for the summery kind of warm seasons, this is nice. This is a nice... Uh, Overgarment, which was comfortable, yeah, yeah, yeah. looks nice, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Alhamdulillah, exactly. we're allowed to, we're allowed to look nice. Allah says, Look good for the sake of Allah. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I was going to go into another topic, I'm not going to go into it because you meant I, I mentioned Messi now. Now I'm thinking of all these football players going to Saudi for <laughs> the money that's being thrown around now, there, yeah. but uh, we'll leave that for another time. I'm not really a football uh, guy, so I'm probably not a football guy. Okay, but well, I was talking about clothing. Hold on, I want to show you something, okay. So this is uh oh is this the mystery box? This is the we, mystery uh, box. So last time I was wearing this on my head, um, but the f- funny story I was carrying it to the masjid one day. And someone goes, "What is this? Is this someone's bag?" So yeah, this is uh this is. Do you want to lift usually, it up slightly just in case the camera is not, not not getting it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is inside the box is my azhari hat. Those of you wearing. who aren't watching and, and you're listening, then uh, Sheikh has a mystery box and he's opening it and it's, it's actually an azhari hat <laughs> box. 
It's just, so it's it, has, it has its own dedicated box. I mean, you don't have to have it, but it's good to you carry. And because I was, I had it in the luggage for a yeah, flight yeah. and stuff. It doesn't cost that much, you know. Uh, it's about it's about ten pounds, less, less than that to buy that. Mm. But anyway, this hat is iconic, and this hat has a lot of history. This hat is is a part of clothing, and this is the heritage of an Azhari mm. alim. You know, it's it's the kind of it's a tarbush, the fez hat that uh, Azhari alim would wear. A student would For those who aren't aware, what what is Azhari? If you can, so Azhari is Jamaat al Azhar Sharif is is a university in Egypt, which was uh, started before Salahuddin Ayyubi, but then he came and sort of uh, introduced the Sunni syllabus into it, in which all the four schools of law yep. were from the onset being taught, and that is that is one of the iconic features of Azhar University is that in it all four schools of law are taught, mm. with you know as it should be taught, yeah, because sometimes. Some students of knowledge would assume that I studied the other schools of law, but they actually studied it as a uh, as a as a mention and a reference in their books from their madhab. Like a refutation. Exactly. Because yeah. I mean, Hidayah, mm. you know, yeah, yeah. Shafi'i. Yeah, yeah. So you, you studying a Waqala Shafi'i is not you studying the Shafi'i yeah, madhab yeah, yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah. Because he is saying in a way that, you know. So in Azhar, they have dedicated kulliyas and faculties in which uh, the four schools of law will be taught. Um, so, for example, in Kulliyat Sharia, in the Faculty of Sharia in Islamic Law, you'd have all four schools of law being taught. And when you sign up, when you finish your college, yes, and and now you are about to enroll for university, you choose your madhab. Mm. So, if you're if you prefer to study the Hanafi school of law, you choose. So is it like a Harry Potter? You got the Gryffindors and the. Well, no, I'm uh, joking. <laughs> <laughs> you get, do you get chosen or do you choose the madhab? No, no, no that's not bad. <laughs> you don't use that example. <laughs> Subhanallah. Uh, so you choose the madhab. Yeah. Choose the madhab and and then based upon that your sort of syllabus that you study for the Islamic, uh, for that for that curriculum would be mm. would be laid out or you'd follow that. So, Azhar University has got loads of faculties. You can study medicine and you can study agriculture. Yeah, medicine study, as well. Yeah, yeah. You can study oh, wow. uh, pharmacy. You can study uh, engineering. You can study all of this stuff. Oh, wow. But every single Azhari would be a hafiz of the Quran. Mashallah. Would know tafsir of the Quran. Would know hadith of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. These are basic subjects that are mm. to be learned in all kulliyas. Right. So I was just showing that because you know we're talking about um, clothing, but this is a piece of clothing that I was wearing last time, which is that tarbush I was wearing. Yeah. And today I thought I'm wearing the white hat because you know it's a hot day, it's a bit more comfortable to wear. But I just brought it with with me just to show it to you guys. <laughs> nice, alhamdulillah. Um, just before 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 we before we wrap up, I want to just uh, talk a little bit about. Of course, mashallah, you mentioned you're, you're still serving, alhamdulillah, Darul Ummah yeah. uh, as an imam. And um, I'm sure, you know, uh, since we spoke four years ago last, mm-hmm. you know, you've gained more experience. Oh, yeah, uh, the world, I, I feel like, subhanAllah, especially post-COVID, the world has just, it's changed a lot in just the last few years. You know what I mean? Like uh, from every standpoint almost. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you've, you've had a lot more interesting experiences and... Uh, you know, you've spoken to a lot of people. What would you say? I mean, would you say that trend-wise in terms of, I think we, we touched on it last time as well, but in terms of what a lot of youngsters or the community as a whole, you know, certain types of issues that they're coming with, that they're facing, that they're uh, inquiring uh, about, um, would you say that there's anything that's drastically changed or anything that's now becoming a lot more common that they're coming to you with? Um, I think there are... The case is that you do, I mean, as an imam, your your role is, uh, you know, very multi-purpose. You, you do uh, yeah. a bunch of different stuff, leading the prayers, teaching lessons, delivering the Jum'ah, advice and, you know, uh, guidance, uh, Q&As, all yeah. that kind of stuff is all involved. And, you know, the questions vary. Uh, a lot of the times it's family-related yeah. issues, ahwal uh, shakhsiya. Sometimes it's to do with addiction. Sometimes it's to do with... Uh, it's to do with a lot of the times to do with marriage. Mm. I was going to say, prob- yeah, a probably a huge amount, that. huge percentage of it is marriage. Mm. You know, marriage is like. And when we say marriage, it's it's more not, it's not before marriage. It's more marital yeah, like mean, conflict and uh, discord. Nikah, but there's yeah. also a lot of requests of you know mediating. Yeah, about, you know, problem with the wife, problem with the husband, that kind of stuff. Um, there's also cases of agnosticism. Atheism. Mm. Uh, I had one young man who basically, quite frankly, said that he doesn't see a, a reason to believe. And so I tried my best, you know. I even took him to people that are more experienced in the field of da'wah and and, and, and debating and etc. 
And I think, I think you know, he we try to help in the best way that we can. But ultimately, maybe uh, an increase in, you know, mental health issues or people mm. feeling sad, depressed, lonely, uh, lost, loss of loved ones and et cetera, post-COVID. Maybe that's more of a theme now. Mm. Uh, and of course, now we're going through the cost of living crisis. There are a lot of people actually, um, not that I've been approached uh, to give solutions for, but this is, I know it's an ongoing issue. Yeah. A lot of people are struggling with that. So the, the cases and the issues that you deal with, they do really vary. Um, but I, th- I, I, my, my, what I would take from that is, it's so important that more imams and scholars and communities are available for the community mm. to answer questions yeah. and to listen to them and to hear them out and to guide them. You know, we can complain and moan all we want saying, oh, people don't, they're straight away from the deen and they're not really practicing. But if you are not there in their life, if you're not giving solutions for them, if you're not guiding them, then we're first to blame because mm. we have a responsibility of conveying. Mm. Can I ask you a personal question? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, they come with problems, whether it's marriage related, financial, mental health, etc. Does it take a toll on you as, as an imam? Like, you know, hearing so many, sometimes it's quite negative and then you're dealing, you're having to deal with it and you're sometimes you're having to take it home as well and yeah. think and, and be in contact. Does, does it take a toll? I think it's really important to look after your own mental health first before you try to help others. Mm. And I, I do take it in doses in the sense that I if uh, I would pace myself sometimes. Um, uh, so that's one aspect of it. Another 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 aspect of it is another aspect of it is, you know, I, I, as a community person, a community leader, if you like, you really do need to have that sabr and, and, and the, the, the helm, you know, that yeah. the forbearance and the patience and the ability to deal with a, a bunch of different people with different mindsets. Even Wallah today at Dhur Salah. I can't even quote what the guy was saying. An elderly uncle mm. was saying to another elderly uncle that I did not come here to this masjid to, you know, uh, to do this. And he said a very crass word. Okay. And I was like, he was behaving like a child. I literally gave him a, like a look to say, what kind of behavior is this? So about different people, or different mindsets, different problems, different issues. In Ramadan, we had an elderly uncle. I shouldn't say it. But there was an actual really bad situation. Mm. They got into physical contact. Mm. This is in Ramadan. So like people are suffering with different issues. Yeah. Um, so you you try to help in the best way possible. But it's absolutely important that you also look after your, first and foremost, look after your own mental health and your physical health and et cetera, which I'm trying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying as well for the physical, physical health. My mental health is very important that you look after yourself first. Um, while also trying to help others, inshallah. Final thing, um, again, uh, tying in with the role of an imam, and mashallah, I, I do sometimes keep up to date with um, the khutbas being yeah. uploaded on YouTube and things. Yeah. But on, on khutbas, um, because I, I think for me personally, the khutbah is such a unique opportunity, yeah. the weekly uh, address to the community where probably obviously as an imam, you would know that that's, that's the time where the masjid is going to be most packed yes. compared to any other yes. time of the that's year, right, yeah. bar Ramadan. So, um, yeah, h- how important is it as an imam to capitalize on that khutbah and make the khutbahs more relevant, engaging, and also, of course, in the language uh, of the people? Yeah, it's absolutely important. I, I mean, to be honest, I think that is the most important act- action mm. and activity that you do as an imam in the whole week. Whereas you're dealing with individual cases, individual cases, now you are addressing a crowd of a thousand, fifteen hundred yeah. or more or less people. But this is a huge opportunity where you have 15, 20 minutes to give them the best of what mm. you can offer in that week from all of that knowledge that you have. And it's so absolutely important that you convey that to them in the best way that you can, with the best research that you can put together, in the best of language, the best of delivery. You must train yourself. You must, mm. you know, upskill yourself in, in because this is uh, this is the best opportunity, like you said, to convey and to give that da'wah and to deliver that Islam, Islamic message and, and to teach people about the Quran and the Sunnah and the and the and the Sahaba and the Salaf and the Tabi'een and the ulama and the Mujtahideen. Yes, of course we know that in certain masajid um, the, the, the khutbah is in English or in the language of uh, uh, the people. But in other masjids, they have uh, the Arabic Three. khutbah, but then they have the bayan mm. before it. In either case, whatever you, whether it is within the khutbah or just pre the khutbah, we must make as imams 
uh, you know, our best effort to try and and make that count. Mm. Because like you said, this is the best opportunity you'll have in the whole week. Yeah. With all these people in front of you. So, you know, we've got to pull our socks up and try our best to, to really, you know, and not just preparing physically, as in with the information and data, but also I think in preparing ourselves spiritually. Mm. It's so important because, I, you know, I haven't been around for that long, but from, from the years of whatever, giving khutbahs and lectures and whatever, you will see yourself as different. When you are more spiritually connected, mm. you will see the impact and the flow of that different. Very true, yeah. So like they say, you know, مَا خَرَجَ مِنَ الْقَلْبِ وَصَلَ الْقَلْبِ Whatever mm. comes from the heart, reaches the heart. So we have to prepare ourselves spiritually, mentally, of course, physically as well, you know, with the information and data, with research, the language and style and, and prose and all of that stuff. You use all the, um, you know, because Allah says, اُدْعُوا إِلَىٰ سَبِيلَ رَبِّكَ بِالْحِكْمَةِ وَالْمَوْعِضَةِ الْحَسَنَةِ You invite towards the way of Allah with hikmah, with wisdom, and مَوْعِضَةِ الْحَسَنَةِ Beautiful speech. وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ حُسْنَةِ Say good, speak well. And this is one of the key features of, of, of being a da'i. Having excellent communication skills, yeah. and the Prophet ﷺ had excellent communication skills, and Umm Ma'abad uh, 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 describes him as the person who, when he spoke, it was like his speech was connected like a bead, mm. like a like a like a like a string with beads around it. That every word and phrase and sentence was connected deeply, coherent, beautiful. Yeah. You know, not too long, not too short. All of these amazing teachings from the Prophet's uh, Sunnah and his teachings, we must try to apply so that we can deliver a good address, a sermon, a khutbah, a bayan for yeah. our <clears throat> communities and our crowds on yeah. that Jummah, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. I think it's, it's really important to, you know, uh, everything you mentioned there is really important, but I think the key word is also re- making it relevant because yes. sometimes oh, you yes. can you can just have a generic topic that you've yeah. probably discussed. It's been discussed before. You can discuss at any time. You know, you can talk yeah, about it, but it's, you know, especially you might tie it in with, an event that's just happened yes, or something 100%. within the community or a problem that you've seen prevailing. That's Absolutely also really important, important, isn't it? I mean, I don't understand imams that talk about random, uh, not random, but like sort of, you know, distant, like issues that have no relevance to the time at the time. Like mm. Right now we're living in a time where there are so many issues that need to be discussed. Yeah. From atheism to liberalism to agnosticism to, you know, uh, this ism and that ism and the transgender wars and etc. All this mm. kind of stuff. People's faith is literally being questioned. Like you mentioned the marital issues and yeah, relationships yeah, so, and all of know, these things, right? Yeah, so all of this stuff, there's so much to speak about. How does a person avoid all of that and decide to speak about um, an issue that's, that has no relevance? Maybe just a story of the past, which will, I don't know, maybe may bring some spiritual benefit, but would not be addressing head-on issues that we actually face. Yeah. And then you've got social media, of course, which is uh, another <laughs> great tool which yeah. can be which can be used. And I think it's it's I, I think you know for me, uh, I'm glad to see more uh, imams and shuyukh like yourself, mashallah, you know, <laughs> utilizing it. I never had more. you know social media <laughs> until the age of thirty, mashallah. Wallah, I never I had like long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I had uh, Facebook. Yeah. Karma, but then I, I deleted everything. And then I was like studying whatever I came back. Uh, when I was, th- when I, in 2019, end of 2019, we had this really big event in Amashid uh, Darul called the mm. Winter Conference or Youth Conference. And we had a lot of da'is coming. Mm. And some of these brothers that attend, they said, you, you need to be more active on social yeah, media yeah. because you could do good, you could reach more. And, and my wife and my younger brother as well, they were both sort of really adamant. That I, I was like, what's the point, you know? <laughs> If people hear, they hear. If someone sends, they send. No, 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 you have to do it. And so with their advice and their blessings and their suggestion and their push, I decided to open uh, Instagram. Um, and then eventually uh, TikTok as well, Twitter, yeah. Facebook. Twi- YouTube I had from a long time. Because yeah, you know, yeah. even when I was in Egypt, when I was studying, I used to upload recitations and stuff mm. sometimes. Um, but it's been good, alhamdulillah. A lot of people seem to have found it beneficial. Um, I mean, you, you don't have to use social media, but if you feel like you can and you want to, and you can keep your intentions sincere and pure and avoid fitna because there is a lot of people that fall prey to fitna on social media, on Instagram, yeah, um, <clears throat> and so on. If you feel like you can and you're able to and you want to, while avoiding fitna, do a good khidmah, do, be of service, do da'wah, then go for it, you know, but always check yourself. Yeah. Always check your intention. Always have 
um, someone even monitoring your page. It's really important. And you might be thinking, What's it, what am I talking about? But it's important. Because when you have that privacy and access to this world of fitna, yeah. it's very important that you do muhasaba of yourself. Mm. It's very important. Very true. Yeah. May Allah give us tawfiq and steadfastness. I mean, you I know. mean. Khair, it's, uh, it's You're doing great, you know. Inshallah, I wanted to ask you questions, but there's not the time for it. Because <laughs> mashallah, you're active. You've been active on social media for longer than me, I think. <clears throat> then yeah. you're a TV person, you're writing. So maybe uh, Ilmfid should have uh, an opinion where he's interviewed <laughs> because you have a lot to offer as well, mashallah, tabarakallah. It's good. Allah bless you, Sheikh. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Um, as always, thank you for joining us again. And we discussed some important topics. Inshallah, may not be the last time. And I know we barely see each other these days. So, <laughs> you know, inshallah, we'll see you catch catch up again probably soon. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say at the end of it, Jazakallah khairan to Shabir Hassan for um, hosting today as well as Ilmfid for... Um, facilitating this and everyone else all the brothers here uh, the video team the editing team mashallah with the nice kit oh, kit out mashallah wow this gear <laughs> I was just looking at it it's massive so I hope the quality is good inshallah and you guys appreciate all the hard work they're putting in home feed mashallah <clears throat> he's been serving for a long time and doing great work alhamdulillah positivity for the community alhamdulillah and I'll accept all of us and forgive yeah, our shortcomings and our mistakes and keep us all steadfast and sincere in our intentions I want to say that um, anything problematic, any mistakes, any errors, anything negative, anything bad I've said is my own fault from myself and Shaitan, may Allah forgive me. And also please forgive me and excuse me if I've offended you in any way, but ultimately uh, anything good is from Allah Azza wa Jal. Thank you so much, Sheikh.